Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Kia ora, good morning and welcome into the show. This is SENZ Breakfast with Ricardo and Steve in for Izzy uh, for the next couple of days. Coming up this morning... Lungani Nzama out of South Africa. Cricket journalist will catch up with him and what was a good day for South African cricket yesterday, as you just heard. Dwayne Sweeney, he is now involved at the Chiefs. He is uh, one of the assistant coaches at the Manawa. We'll get a take on his coaching uh, career, where he's going, uh, what he wants to do with the Manawa this season and uh, the Chiefs as well. Frank Endicott's going to talk Warriors with us with that team named yesterday in the big trial match against the Tigers in Christchurch on Sunday and Kurt Eklund from the Blues after 8 o'clock as well. So we've got plenty to get through uh, on the show today. We'll have a Love Racing update. Paul Mawadi with us as well, out of the TAB. All of that and more to come. Uh, morning, Steve. How are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. Good to be back. Mate, yeah. Good to have you back. Uh, bit of a bit of a anti-climax yesterday from a New Zealand cricket point of view, wasn't it? I think everybody thought we'd go on and maybe post the lead of 150 or something, but they, they fell apart. Yeah, it just sort of shows what uh, what batting performance it was by the Africans in the first innings. And, you know, they thought the pitch would settle down. It, it probably didn't as much as everyone thought. So, um, yeah, but, you know, obviously they had their chances and threw a couple of easy wickets away, which wasn't good. But... Um, they're not well and truly out of it, but it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, always not quite being in a deficit always makes it a little bit harder when you're batting last. So, um, hopefully they can, um, the bowlers get in and get some movement around with the ball and, and get some wickets. And, uh, Willow Rourke, it could be a big day for him. Yeah, he's on a hat-trick, right? First ball today, he'll be, uh, he'll be on for a hat-trick. I think there's only ever been three people to get a hat-trick on. Uh, debut, so that's uh, that'll be pretty special if you can uh, pull that one off. Yeah, if you can make that happen, that'll be huge. I know there's frustration from cricket fans in New Zealand. I'm just looking at the texts from yesterday afternoon on our text machine. Bloody cricketers doing the usual, creaming the opposition in the first test, and stop trying and blowing the second. Yeah, I yeah. I don't think stop trying is right, but I get the frustration. Yeah, you know, and, and let's face it, it's an African team that's well under strength, mm. and. Um, but you know, sometimes, sometimes that's what happens in sport, and they throw a bit of a curveball at you. You know, are they good enough to get themselves out of a bit of a hole? I mean, it's not a huge hole they're in, but are they good enough? Well, they're probably good enough if they can um, do what they need to do. And that starts this morning with taking some taking some wickets. Yeah, it does. Uh, a few questions have, have arisen out of this. There were some question marks uh, going into the test about form around a couple of uh, the players. Um, Devin Conway is an obvious one. Mm. Um, we thought. He, you know, faced sixty odd balls, scored twenty nine in the second innings at Mount Monganui. We thought maybe that's uh, going to, you know, 
show uh, show that he's coming back and just starting to rediscover some nick. But out for a duck yesterday, that's uh, that's never good. And um, you got to wonder what they what the selectors do um, given we've got two tests against Australia coming up. Yeah, it's sort of a dress rehearsal, right? These guys were meant to be easy beats um, in and out and win both and move on to Australia. So I'm sure New Zealand cricket have a plan. I like I, they, You don't get Aussie to come here for a couple of tests and not have a plan on how you're going to uh, rest players beforehand and who's going to be available. Obviously, you can't plan injuries. but um, So, you know, they've got a plan. Surely they've, um, you know, used this series to, to help them get a, find a bit of form and get some runs on the border that maybe hasn't happened uh, as as a lot as well as everyone would have hoped for. But, you know, it's, cricket, cricket's a funny game, right? It's a, it's an individual game, but it's a, a team game at the same time. So um, I just think they, um, they'll they have a plan. And, you know, if someone hasn't quite fulfilled the plan, then it'll be a, a decision made. But, you know, they're smart boys at New Zealand cricket. They'll... They'll have something up their sleeves, surely. Well, you hope that's sorted out. Um, we should go to the cricket desk, bring the cricket desk, and uh, Robbie uh, is uh, famously the cricket desk here. Uh, Robbie, um, Dev Conway, obviously we just talked about that with Steve, but another player that may be under a bit of pressure, Tom Blundell. Um, he's failed with the bat the last few tests. Have we got another option at keeper, or do you think we're stuck with what we've got? Um, yeah, I mean, mentioned it before. I guess it, yeah, the, your your only option is um, uh, Tom Latham with the gloves. Then he'd probably bat down the order. Then you open with Will, Will Young, Young and Daryl Mitchell comes back into the middle order. Yeah, pr- yeah, that that's that's probably your only other option. But yeah, it's um, I mean, we, we've seen how good Conway is. It's um, yeah, painful to watch this lean runner form. Um, how long? How many more weeks is Mitchell out for? Uh, well, they just said that he's going to sit out this test and then the T20s against Aussie, so that he's ready for the first test against oh, yeah. Aussies. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so hoping he'll be back for for the Australian tests. Um, Kyle Jamison's in doubt again, so that's a that's a blow. Yeah, yeah, they said they were resting with back soreness for this one because he's just come back from that injury. Oh yeah, that's you're a fast bowler. You always get a sore back, aren't you? Yeah, well they're 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 doing more scans on it apparently. Oh, so okay, well, yeah. Doesn't sound good. Hopefully, he hasn't gone all John, uh, Shane Bond on it and needs you know titanium yeah. wire wrapped around his spine or something. Yeah, be far from ideal. Far from ideal. But there you go. That uh, coverage gets underway here from ten o'clock on ECNZ. Uh, the game first ball will be bowled of day three at around eleven o'clock this morning. Let's crack into this round one. Fight. The Helberg Awards were last night, and um, oh, Lisa Carrington cleaned up again, uh, as you would have heard in the news with Araha. But Steve, when you were an athlete, did they mean much to you? Were they were they on your radar, and and do they mean more in hindsight now that you retired? Oh, I think definitely. I, I yeah, I mean they were always um, around, but because it's celebrating the year in sport, it's it's about the big moments, I guess, and. It's not something that you, in the moment, that you think about because, um, you know, you're, you're in the moment doing what you need to do. But, yeah, it's, it's nice to be recognised for an effort towards the end of the year and or, or the following year for, for something that sports people have achieved. So, you know, I still think they have their time and place. But, yeah, when you were playing, it was never really um, – you never really set out to achieve um, – and a Halberg. So, but I, I, there's also a lot of individual sports out there where um, you know you 
um, having a crack on the world stage, and it's it's great to be recognised for that, certainly. But yeah I, yeah, I don't think anyone intentionally sets out to win a Halberg. Do you think they need a team award? Uh, yeah, we, yeah, we're pretty good at team sports in this country. So yeah, yeah absolutely, I, I think they do. And, um, you know, it's it's just, it's a hard one judging, you know, what achievement was the best when, you know, so so many of them, you know, once you've achieved whatever, it's it's it should be celebrated. But picking picking out a highlight, I guess, is is, is what makes it uh, makes it interesting. But Lisa Carrington, what a, what a, you know, what an amazing, what an amazing athlete and just to be able to do it year in, year, in, year out. Um, it's um, just a credit to her, her coaching staff, and you know the the mental attitude she's got to be able to just you know keep keep doing it. Yeah, she's amazing, eh? Let's oh. crazy, crazy good. Round two. Another bloke who's been crazy good with a bat over his career is David Warner. Um, he's heading here with the Aussie T Twenty team. Now you've kind of got a foot either side of the Tasman. You've got a lot of Aussie mates, <laughs> right? You grew up over there. Uh, but you're very much a Kiwi. How do you think David Warner will be remembered once he's taken his final bow? Yes. Well, it's not a like he he's not well liked. Like, but in saying that, when he scores runs for Australia, he's well liked. You know, like the the Aussies can be pretty um, pretty ruthless, so they often keep a foot in each camp as well, saying you know he's a he's a great player and he can still score runs at will, but. They sort of also don't like him as much because of you know personalities and and what he's done and his competitive wild streak. Um, I just how will he remembered? You know he's going to remember it as a, as a good player who sort of changed the game. His his ability to to swing a ball, um, swing a bat, sorry, and hit a ball a long way uh, will be remembered. But yeah, he certainly polarized a few people and pretty outspoken and you know what happened in Africa a few years ago will will never be forgotten unfortunately yeah I mean I'm sure that sandpaper will be mentioned in banners at grounds when they're here in the T20 games yeah won't they and again listen I think um, you know it's blatant cheating um, but you know there was an awful lot of pressure on him to do perform and you know, the, the 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 chance and everything that was going on around him and his personal life probably wasn't fair and should have been called out a lot earlier than what it did. Um, but in saying that, it was blading cheating. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it wasn't blading cheating in a way that you could have been disguised because, let's face it, everyone around the world was playing with the ball, whether it was a, you know, a lolly, um, some spit on a ball or, or, you know, whatever. Everyone was playing with the ball a little bit and uh, the way he did it, the way it all went about was just it was just like two year old stuff, really. Yeah, well, I think the thing that really um, hurt him more than so than anything, particularly in Australia, was that it was I think it was viewed that he had bullied Cam Bancroft into it, or at least you know, and and then whose whose career suffered most, his Steve Smith or Cam Bancroft? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it wasn't. Um, yeah, it, it, he. It was an ugly moment in sport because it was blatant cheating, mm. and um, he's a senior guy in a team that's under a lot of pressure. Who's who's made someone else do do the hard yards and you know take and, and take and take it on the chin and mm. do what he did. But again, if you're gonna do that, you need to be a little bit smarter about it. The whole the whole way it went about was just it was just like a t- watching two year olds in the in the mm. in the playground. You know, it was unbelievable. But <laughs> Uh, yes, just, you know, that's what pressure does to, to people. Sometimes, you know, when you're in that spotlight, <clears throat> you've got those emotions and you've got that pressure on you, you you make silly decisions. You do. 
Round three. Well, you can do it. Well, and we've all been there, right? We've all made yeah, silly decisions. I'm not throwing those stones. <laughs> Here is uh, the third one. Wallabies veteran, Curtly Beal, um, has recently, he, I think he's without a contract at the moment. He's been in a bit of trouble with the courts. He's been accused of uh, uh, sexual intercourse without consent. Um, been found not guilty, right? So that, that's, that's good. He's been cleared. But now he's come out and said that he's open to a switch to the NRL at the age of 35. He couldn't, could he? Um, he's a very, very talented sports boy, right? Sportsman. He, yeah. he, from a young age, he was, he was head and tails above anything um, going around uh, in Aussie at, at schoolboy level. And uh, he, yeah, he could he make a switch? I mean, it's a big ask. Then he's been not probably doing a lot for the last year or so. So to get the body back to where it needs to be at thirty-five is probably a big ask. But. Um, is there a sports contract for him somewhere um, around the world? I'd say probably more than likely. So um, whether he makes the NRL, I'm not so sure at that age. I'm pretty sure no one's going to be prepared, but maybe, maybe the Super League up in the Northern Hemisphere. But, yeah, I'm sure there's a sports a rugby contract around the around the guards for him somewhere. Well, I mean, given positionally where he's played in Union, where do you think he'd play best in league if he did make the switch? Uh, yeah, um, well, he's played a bit of ten. He could, he could be used as, as as a six in league, or or maybe a fullback. But you know whether he's got the pace and and the ability of those fullbacks these days at rugby league. That's almost like the the most athletic position on the field, right? Mm. So um, I, I don't think you could bring him into the forwards. Um, maybe as a six or or a seven, six or a seven, or a, or a fullback, but I, I just don't think he's got the gas anymore to probably do that. Yeah, it's interesting, because the first thing that I thought of wasn't so much gas, it was shoulders. How did he handle the defensive side of the game? Because you do a lot more tackling in league. Yeah, yeah, especially um, yeah, bigger guys run at you. Yeah, but he's, he tackles well. He, he's, he's not shy on tackling So in the rugby game. So I just think, you know, it's a big ask to... To get your body to that level of of fitness again, once you've had a year and a bit off, and and you're at 35, you know that's a that's a big ask. But you know, some sometimes you get these incredible athletes that once they set their mind to something, that's that's what they go for. And so you know, you, you never say never. But I'm sure there's a rugby union contract somewhere around mm. the world for him. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Speaking of rugby union. I was at the Super Rugby Pacific launch yesterday. Nice. How was it? It was pretty good, actually. All twelve captains were there. Wow. Which was which was cool, and it was just media from you know there was Aussie media there. I saw uh, Jeremy Paul, Tim Horan were over with Stan Sport doing oh, yeah. stuff, and oh, nice. uh, Fiji uh, Fiji TV had people down there, and there was all the New Zealand uh, media outlets as Mate, well. I'm excited about Fijians this year. Oh, they look good. Yeah, they do. What a, what a, it's it's probably the greatest story coming out of anywhere the last couple of years that they throw a team together and just look what it's done for Fiji rugby like full stop like you know they're they're it's probably the best they've performed at the World Cup uh, in a long time and you know their 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 young talent is uh, getting an opportunity on a, on a bigger stage and they're, and they're performing. Yeah, hundred. Yeah, I mean, and the thing that yesterday that came out was that everybody wanted to talk to the Fijian team. Yeah, I mean, you know, their captain's English was good, but not great. He was kind of very slow to speak, yeah. um, but what he said was was impressive when he was on stage because they interviewed all the captains on stage as well. I, I think also the way they play their rugby, the Fijians, like they play their style. They throw the ball around when they want to, and but they can be tough. Um, but it, it's entertaining rugby to watch. I, um, 
I watched a fair bit of their games last year because it was just good to watch. And that's where Super Rugby needs to get to. And that's where World Rugby needs to get to, that it should be entertaining mm. and it should be about um, running the ball. Um, someone said to me last year during the World Cup, you know, the World Cup is famous. Uh, rugby was famous for a guy who picked up a soccer ball and ran with it. And that's how rugby was invented. Yet now it seems to be all about kicking. Yeah. So our point of difference has no longer been our point of difference. And I thank the Fijians for the way they play that the point of difference is brought back. They prefer to run with the ball. So um, it's entertaining. Anyone who hasn't seen it, make sure you sit down and watch, um, watch them play some rugby this year because it is really, really good fun to watch, particularly in Fiji. If they grow an arm and a leg in Fiji and it's, um, it's you know, they pretty much knocked over everyone there last year. The Crusaders, uh, all the Aussie teams were knocked over in Fiji. So um, they're really good at what they do there. And uh, I, I'm yeah looking forward to watch watching some good rugby from them. Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, looking forward to Super Rugby. We've got another round of preseason games this weekend. Yeah. Weekend after. She's kickoff. She's kickoff. So it's not too far away. So we'll play some of those uh, chats that I got yesterday. I got Brad Shields, got Tate McDermott. It was good. Do you, uh, do you think he will end up playing for a, a Tier 2 country, Brad Shields? Well, he's already played for a Tier 2 country, hasn't he? Oh, England. <laughs> <laughs> well, because he's, he's eligible. He'll be eligible by the next World Cup for a... yeah. I don't know. Who he, he, I'm not sure who he would qualify for, will he, though. Will he be eligible? I guess you can. You make yourself. You can become eligible. Ah, oh, I, I, I think he'd have to live there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If he doesn't have, you know, sort of a genealogy, but yeah, it's an interesting question. He's um, he, yeah, he was such a talented um, footy player. I was I was disappointed when he decided to go offshore, but that's what you do, right? When yeah. You, when nothing's backing. Well, and the and the coin speaks, and look who he was up against at the time. You know, there was. Yeah. There was some um, some big names and big bodies in front of him. So, uh, but he's back. Uh, caught up with Billy Harmon yesterday oh, yeah. as well, and Scott Barrett as well. So uh, we'll play play all those chats uh, throughout the day for you. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, Ricardo and Steve in for Israel Dag, who's away on the donut in South Australia. Uh, we're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Now, I, yesterday I was at the Super Rugby Pacific launch, caught up with a bunch of players. Uh, all the captains were there, including Brad Shields, former England player, of course, now Hurricanes captain. Brad, uh, welcome back, I guess, is, is, is the big thing. Um, how's it been settling back into the capital? Yeah, it's been amazing. Um, when you when you got a bit of two more, a couple of years, you look for something familiar, and Wellington's familiar, and you've got friends and family around and stuff like that so uh, yeah it's been really good and being involved with rugby obviously helps the transition as well yeah 100% you, the squad how's it looking mate I mean I know Artie's a big miss but you've got some uh, real big stocks uh, Duplessis yourself uh, Braden etc and the Lucys yeah we're, we're pretty sport for choice at the moment and um, I think that's just going to be helpful for the team in terms of competition for spots and it's just going to drive each other to be better and you know yeah someone like Artie uh, heading away obviously leaves a bit of a gap but you know, you also you got likes of Peter Larko, guys are like you say are ready to fill in, and, and that's exciting thing about rugby and um, and being at the Canes, it looks a little bit younger than, than when I was last year, or feels like it anyway. Um, but at the same time, it's going to push me to be better and, and hopefully share some of that experience with the young guys and help them in the long term. How does the, the leadership sit with you? You've played under some pretty good captains. You, you you're taking something from all of those guys? Oh yeah, it's like well, my two like Snakey and Conrad. Uh, sorry, Snakey and uh, Colsey. Um, obviously the two captains mainly with the, with the Hurricanes like I think just being real down to earth and uh, real personable and, and getting on with everyone in the team no matter what so I think that connection with guys is really important and uh, 
and uh, and that's something that I'll, I'll probably gain with experience is making sure you know your teammates and how they tick and, and lead by example is one of the biggest things. Yeah, well, you've got a couple of young 10s. Uh, Brett Cameron got the start against the Highlanders. You've got Aidan Morgan there as well. Bit of competition. Who do you think is going to start first game? Um, yeah, good question. Uh, that's that's a well above my pay grade, but... Oh look, we want we, every week we want the person who's performing the best, and, and whoever fits that mould for the game plan we're trying to play that week. And like I say, it doesn't matter, you know, if you've been there one day or, or, or ten years. That competition is really healthy, and those guys will be pushing each other. We're, we're pretty we're pretty lucky in the midfield, tens, nines, loose forwards, front row. Like, so if we can get some consistent performances, then uh, we'll be happy. Now, there's a, a few uh, eyebrows raised about the result against the Landers on the weekend. I know it's only pre-season, yeah. but what was what was the chat like afterwards? Yeah, it was pretty quiet from what I heard in the change rooms. I wasn't down there, but watching on the TV, like probably, probably the first thing I'd say is it probably doesn't reflect where we're at as a team, and um, we're probably disappointed that we didn't get more more out of that game. But yeah, you, you know, preseason is what it is, and, and the score doesn't necessarily reflect how you're tracking. And uh, we're in a pretty good spot, but at the end of the day, you have got to get a couple of wins to gain that confidence and, and trust that you're doing the right thing in training and all that sort of stuff. So um, we'll push that one aside. We'll get the learnings from it and. Um, yeah, we've got, we got Moana in Upper Hut. You know, it's a pretty historic game for us. First game at the new facility, free for everyone to come watch. So we're looking forward to playing in front of a home crowd and um, try and play some exciting rugby. Now, just lastly from me, mate, there's another bloke who's followed in your footsteps by the name of Ethan Roots. We're in the Red Rose. Yeah. Um, what, do you, what have you made of his start? Well, he's a bloody motor on him, isn't he? Um, yeah, obviously when you, when you go up there, Exit is probably one of the you know, most formidable teams in the Premiership, the most success over recent years. And... Um, you know he's done really well from what I've seen in terms of playing for that for, for from Premiership consistently and and Borthwick obviously sees a, a great deal of passion and, and excitement from from the young fella. Well, I can say he's a young fella because I'm a little older. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just good to see other guys sort of um, playing well and 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 playing at that international level with, with what they deserve. Good stuff, mate. Good luck for the season. Eh? Thanks very much. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. There you go, Brad Shields. Uh, yesterday from the Super Rugby Pacific launch, Steve. Uh, certainly good to hear him talk about the younger players in the team. Now, I've I've um, last year was just blown away by the young talent the Wellington team has um, found and how good their rugby level is and their skill. I just think, you know, out of all the super franchises in the country, I think the Wellington are probably. You know their future is looking the brightest because they have some serious talent there, and they're all still young and they're finding their feet a little bit. But they, they, they've got some serious talent stacked up down in Wellington. So it's it'll be exciting for a couple of years for them, definitely. Well, I think so. And you know, uh, as much as uh, Brad Shields was joking about how old he is, he's still only thirty-two, so he's probably yeah. got another three or four years at that level left. Yeah, easy. And it made in his big story, uh, big boy. He carries hard and he does his core role very well. So he's. Um, yeah, he he'll be he'll be he'll be great for those team, and you know he's experienced around the traps and been overseas, played a different sort of rugby, and has come back. He he'll be a, he'll be perfect because if the Hurricanes are anything, when they get it right, they're unstoppable. Like they're literally unstoppable. But when sometimes they don't quite get it right, it takes an old head to say, okay, let's get back to basics and make sure we tick that off first. And don't try and win every game from scoring a try from 90 metres. You know, that uh, rugby has become a game that you don't need to try too hard. And I think that's where Wellington probably get it wrong a little bit. They actually just try a little bit too hard at times. And um, a, a cool, calm head to bring the young boys back down and, and keep it keep it calm and keep it real is what Wellington needs. So I'm expecting big things from them, you know, this year and, and next year. I just, I think they're a, 
you know, whoever's selected that team over the last few years needs a pat on the back because he's he's found an amazing amount of talent and um, I'm, I'm looking forward to see how they how they rumble. Mm, indeed, all we'll see how they go. They've got Moana Pacifica. It is free at their new uh, uh, training facility this do, weekend. Do you know much about the fa- new facility? Is I, it? Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and it's a grandstand um, field that holds. What I'm not sure how many it holds, but the fact that they've opened it up to the public, we said just come along, come along. Have a, have a free hit at your Hurricanes. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, pre-season. So there you go. Uh, now we have got some sports headlines. We're going to go to South Africa too to talk some cricket shortly. Right now, though, here is Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. It's back to work time at Bunnings, 24 away from 7 o'clock. Louis Liner has been named in Italy's training squad before their next Six Nations game with France just two days after the announcement that he's going to join Benetton at the end of the season. Liner, the son of former Australian Australian fly half Michael Liner, will leave Harlequins for the Italian club in July. 23-year-old has now been called up by head coach Gonzalo Caseda, and that was announced yesterday. The Italian-born winger is a former England under-20 player and has previously been called up to England's senior training squad, but is yet to be capped. He's also eligible to play for Australia, Steve. Good move, do you reckon? Oh, good on them. I, I mean, I like the Italians. I like the way, you know, they're, they're trying to play rugby. Like up there, they don't kick as much. They don't set piece as much. They actually try and play rugby. And, um, you know, they got a hiding against the All Blacks in the World Cup. But, um, I yeah, they, they're, they're trying to improve things up there. And good on them. Good on I, I mean, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. He's a, he's a great little footy player. And, um, you know, good on him. He wants to play international rugby and he's, Taking his taking a chance. He's taking his opportunity. Uh, Aaron De Souza believes he is about to join the ranks of the great entrepreneurial disruptors with his enhanced games, which targets the hypocritical, corrupt, and dysfunctional Olympics. Those are his words, not mine. Uh, the enhanced games will allow athletes to use substances banned by WADA. In De Souza's words, performance medicine technology will give them an opportunity to push the limits of humanity. Last week, DeSouza landed a major coup when he reti- uh, when retired world champion swimmer James Magnuson agreed to take performance-enhancing drugs in an attempt to beat Cesar Kahlo's 15-year-old 50-metre sprint record for $1 million US. He said, we want athletes who have the potential to break world records and we're really going to focus on the best athletes and pay them well. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Eh? Like I, I there's a pretty good chance that that 50 meter swimming record that has been broken for how many years? 15. Uh, the guy was probably on drugs. You know, <laughs> it just wasn't caught. So uh, listen, I I think modern medicine has come a long way. Um, performance enhancing drugs is something that I've never taken, never seen. But you know, if, if you, if you if you get on it and you break the world record, then you still break the world record, right? Whether it's and uh, whether it's done the right way or the wrong way, um, I yeah, I'm all for it. Let's see, let's see how far this we can push this human body. Yeah, I'm, I can say that because that's the drugs are not going into my body. <laughs> but uh, if someone else is prepared to do that, then oh, I suppose if you know the risks. Well, I I, th- I think. A lot of it back in the day was done behind closed doors and it was all horse tranquilizers and, and whoever knows what they were putting in there. I, I, I don't probably know enough about it, but I think today with modern medicine and, you know, there there are doctors around the world that have spent a lifetime doing this sort of stuff, um, you know, for large 
countries, i.e. Russia and, and whatever, you know, with the doping. So the, the, the Germans were pretty famous for it back in the 80s. So I guess um, what I'm saying is that we've probably come a long way from being that um, just stick in whatever you can find type attitude. And, and there's a sports science that, that people know about now. So it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, if, you know, good on him for using his body, but I, I personally probably wouldn't do it. But, yeah, good on him. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I, I wonder how many banned athletes are going to go, oh, all right, well, I'm banned. Yeah. I can't get any more banned. Yeah. So I'm just going to I'm going to jump over and, you know, there's a, there's a few around. Yeah, absolutely. I, I imagine there'll be – I imagine there's probably some people that are doping illegally and just going, well, I'm I'm already doing it. I might as well do it properly and get paid. Yeah, and and have a chance at some serious coin in the process. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I can see it growing legs and rapidly. Well, yeah, it depends. It's, that'll be the growth hormone. Yeah, yeah. There's some that's straight <laughs> in the vein, and you wake up with a the with an extra leg. leg yeah, there you go. Um, Kyle Lowry has joined his hometown Philadelphia 76ers with his um, expected move uh, becoming official overnight. The six-time All-Star guard agreed to a contract buyout from the Charlotte Hornets over the weekend, paving the way for him to join the Sixers. Terms of the deal not disclosed by the team, but it's been reported that Lowry, who uh, turns to the next month, will sign on for $2.8 million for the rest of the season. Mm. Not bad. Not, it's, it's not that long left of the season, no. so it's all right, isn't it? It's not yeah. bad. Not bad. Not bad, all right. Cheapest. There you go. Uh, Bunnings Trade can help you get back to work with amazing value on a huge range. It is 19 away from 7 when we come back. We head to South Africa and catch up with Lunganin Zama and talk some cricket. We head to South Africa now and catch up with South African cricket journalist uh, Lungani Zama. Uh, Good morning, Lungani. Uh, You must be absolutely over the moon from a South African cricket point of view with what you saw yesterday in the second test. Yeah, good. uh, Well, good evening from us. It's uh, still 7.40 in the evening. But yeah, it was such a great restoration of pride, I think. I think the whole nation was embarrassed by what we saw, by what we saw in that first test. Um, and just to see the guys come back in the fashion that they did and put up a respectable total and get ahead of the game, just, you know, it's, it's a relief because I think quietly we've been all quite quite saddened by the, by the first, first test performance because we know that as much as it is a makeshift team, there's still some good players in there. Yeah, obviously the team come under a fair bit of pressure uh, before the series, uh, being called under strength and whatnot. But I, I was always surprised because I thought you're a very brave man to write off a South African team, whether they're under strength or not. You know, that's the um, they love being the underdog and they they love uh, performing, and we've sort of seen that fight in this test. Um, you know, do, do you think they're going to um, be able to? With the, obviously, a lot of pressure is going to come on them today. Do you think uh, they, do you think they're still up for it? Look, they, they'll, they'll definitely do, do, do their utmost, but it's called test cricket for a reason. It's not getting lucky in one innings or one good showing with the ball. You've then got to double up and, and, and do it again. And New Zealand's got a quality team, and they definitely will not want to lose a test match to what is definitely a C team. So I expect that it's still going to be a New Zealand upper hand in the second innings. That experience is going to shine through because it's just to keep backing up and coming back and playing tough cricket against top-class opposition for five days is is not something they're accustomed to, unfortunately. It's good to see them competing, but I I think we'd all be very pleasantly surprised if they somehow 
in the spirit of Test cricket and what it should represent, New Zealand should win this series. And I think South African cricket owes New Zealand cricket a big apology. Uh, and, and that only happens if New Zealand wrap up the series because then everything that we said, everything that Steve Waugh said, everything the world cricket said about this not being in the spirit of the game, you kind of have a little bit of egg on the face. So you want the right result to happen for cricket so that we reiterate the fact that in order for test cricket to be preserved, you've got to have strength on strength, the best playing against the best. And I think that should still happen. And I say that as a proud South African, but I say that as a realistic cricket fan as well. It must put you in a, in a, a, I guess, in an awkward situation hearing that because you know you you want your team to do well and you want these guys, the, the players who've been selected, have done nothing wrong and they've had an, they've got an opportunity. But as you say, at the same time, you don't you don't want to see a team that isn't the best South African team go out there and be successful. Absolutely, no one wants that. When we saw the team and you looked at it and you thought, this is just a terrible look for for the game, the, the pinnacle of the game. We we, you know we. We're watering down such a significant occasion against one of the best teams, one of our best friends in world cricket, and and we're just kind of giving them what we have left over. Um, and and like you say, these are proud young men who are just starting their lives, played first class cricket for a few years. There's a couple of players in there, a couple of has beens if you want to call it that, but they they've taken this opportunity because they were asked to, and they they're doing the best they can. But in the spirit of the game, New Zealand need to win this. We need to lose a bit of face and. And then, and then face it properly and say, we, we'll never do this again. Because you open the door to then say, well, actually, you can't argue with us. We drew a series in New Zealand against a team that was playing in the World Test Championship final not that long ago. One of the best generational batsmen. You know, all these things kind of throw that logic upside down. You don't want that. You, yeah. I, the I, right thing needs to happen for the spirit of the game. And yeah. yeah I, I see the point, but I, I still think you're a brave man to write off a South African when you say... Um, they're not good enough, you know. I just that's when South Africa are at their best when you know when the when everything's up against the wall and you know yeah they got a bit of a trouncing in the first test but you, they're on top in this one and they're 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 a good chance of winning this if they can have a good performance today. Big day, big 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 moving day. Um, they're going to have to to back up with the ball again and and and, and that's the thing. It's the second and third and fourth spells where you get tested as, as a captain, the patience as a bowler, because the help that you got in the first innings, you won't necessarily get as much as the pitch flattens out and class comes through. So it's, it's a massive, massive day. How they, they fare by the end of today will tell us a lot about the character and their, their realistic chances for, for, for the next two days. What about the guys that are here and the guys that have performed? Dane Pitt obviously got five for yesterday. Rwanda Schwart has impressed in both tests. Uh, I think David uh, Benningham has certainly done himself um, uh, he, he's done himself no harm, his reputation no harm. Do you think any of these guys that we're seeing in this team here are actually putting down a marker to be included when the, the, the rest of those test players come back? Yeah, I mean, a couple of them are obviously already in, in, in the setup. You you know, you, you talk about betting him. He's a good player who's played a lot of years of county cricket and his game, you can see, it's matured. He's he's a player who is in the picture already and he's going to stay in that picture. Um, but you'd be surprised really to look too far beyond people who are already entrenched in the squad. It's just there is too much quality that is that is in the system and already in the test squad. Even though we've lost people like Elgo recently, there's there's still so much quality, especially in the top six, especially in the bowling ranks. So you'd, you'd struggle to look too far past Bettingham in terms of 
really, really staying in that squad beyond this. Rondeswat, solid, unspectacular, but but he, he's tried his heart out. He's bowled, he's bowled decently. He, he chips in with the bat. You know, it's there have been wholehearted performances, but you, you you wouldn't expect too many of them to be knocking on the door when everybody's available. In saying that, if one of them scores a big hundred today with the with the pressure that's on them and and in these situations, it's it's pretty hard to drop someone going into the next series when you know if they can produce a a big score today. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, you, you win a test match in these circumstances with with everything that's happened before the series, you've put up a pretty compelling argument to at least get a couple more test caps and. And, and, and be given the opportunity to show that you do belong and that you've just been overlooked. So that is these guys before they left South Africa to, 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 to go and take on this massive task. And they have. I mean, first test was a baptism of fire, but like you say, they've, they've come back strongly and shown character and, and put up a proud performance already. The best way to do that is to finish it off and, and, and get the unlikeliest of results. Lungani, appreciate your time this evening. Thank you very much, sir. Enjoy the rest of the test and uh, you yeah, go well, eh? Thanks, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Enjoy the test, mate. Yeah, we'll do. Lungani and Zama, they're with us out of South Africa. You sort of got that feel that uh, by the end of play today, you sort of probably know who's going to win the test mm. match, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. As he said, they, they use it on day three of uh, golf tournaments, don't they? But yeah. day three of a test, it is moving day. Yeah. Moving day, 100%. It's a minute away from 7 o'clock, and uh, it is, well, normally it's dagger donation slash Izzy investment time. Uh, we're going to have to call it something else. Um, Steve Spend, maybe? Uh, oh. Divine's Dividends? <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not get too carried away. I'm not famous for, I'm, I'm famous for putting some big, Big punts up there, but none of them have ever paid off. So, <laughs> okay. So, uh, if you want to be in, we want your best bet for the weekend. Double eight, double three. The Temper Bedpost Text Machine. Double eight, double three. We'll choose one each. Uh, put them together. If they come in, you guys split the money. That's how it works. Uh, Fifty dollar bonus bet from the TAB up for grabs. So, we want to hear from you. Double eight, double three. Coming up in the next hour, we're going to talk to Dwayne Sweeney and Frank Endicott. Right now, though, here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. SENZ Breakfast. Uh, Izzy and Ricardo is what we normally say, but Izzy is on the donut in South Australia. So it is Steve and Ricardo, Steve Devine in with us. And coming up in this hour, uh, Dwayne Sweeney is going to join us. He is one of the uh, coaching staff now of the Chiefs Manawa. He's, of course, a former Chiefs player himself. We'll get his take on the Chiefs this season, how their preseason's ramping up and uh, how things are tracking for them. Also, his coaching career, where he wants to take that. So uh, we'll talk to him about that. Frank Endicott, former Kiwis coach, going to join us as well. We'll talk that big trial match in Christchurch on Sunday afternoon between the Warriors and the Tigers. We'll get uh, Frank's take on that. And then after 8 o'clock, we'll talk a bit more rugby with Kurt Eklund. We'll talk some racing. We'll catch up with Paul Mawadi as well. And uh, I was at the Super Rugby Pacific launch yesterday, caught up with a few different players. So we'll play a few of those interviews out over the next hour or two. Welcoming into the show now, now though, former Chiefs Utility back and uh, assistant coach at Chiefs Manawa, Dwayne Sweeney. Morning, Dwayne. How you doing? Uh, good morning. I'm very good, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Uh, myself and Steve Devine are with you, mate. We, you, you're partnering up uh, with Carla Hohepa and Crystal Koa as uh, the uh, Chiefs Manawa uh, coaching team, mate. Um, at what point, I guess, to, in, to, at the end of your playing career, did you think that coaching was somewhere you wanted to go? Um, well, I actually started my 
coaching career while I was still playing, I actually coached the Waikato Women's uh, Sevens program. So for me, kind of coming back into the women's game uh, again here at the moment is has kind of been, you know, quite a nice and, and easy transition. Um, I originally got into to coaching that team, helping out threes at the Tamaki. It was our physio at the time for Waikato for our NPC team, and she'd been coaching them for a couple of years. And yeah, I just sort of saw what she was doing, and we had lots of good conversations. And I thought, oh, I could really, you know, so kind of add some value with with my knowledge and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'd sort of asked her if I could give her a hand, and yeah, that's kind of how it started. And just had a, you know, always had a pretty big passion for the, I guess the. Um, the ins and outs of the game and the and the small little battles that you can have with strategy and things like that. So yeah, it was quite a I guess quite an easy transition. Um, Dwayne, we I was in that Blues HQ the other day and ran into Willie Walker and Carla Spencer, who are the girls coaches for Super Rugby up uh, up here. Do you do you, do you see those boys around a lot as coaches and and also is it the best stepping stone to get into a more sort of professional type role like a, a super contract yourself in the men's game? Um yeah, I've bumped and bumped into them a little bit. It's quite, you know, I guess once you sort of start your coaching career it's it's quite quite interesting we sort of pop up and end up so I saw both of those boys actually at the World Youth Sevens um, they were both involved with the Cavaliers if I'm not mis- mistaken and then I was also part of the uh, Asian Dragons um, sort of coaching setup. so yeah it's quite interesting we kind of meet along the way and who you just kind of bump into and it, you, you kind of end up with, it's a lot of like-minded people and people that have the same kind of passion for the game and different aspects of the game. Um, yeah, in terms of like a pathway, um, you know, the more you can coach, the better. It's like anything. If you if you want to, you know, master your craft, you need to spend more time doing it. So for me, uh, doing the NPC um, last season with Waikato was awesome. Um, and it was a great, you know, I guess, um, starting point for me in, the, in terms of a professional role. And then for me to be able to come on board with the with the Chiefs now, uh, coaching the Manawa side in the same role that I had for Waikato just gives me good consistency of time uh, to be out there like on the grass and and, and learning along the way. Uh, Dwayne, you, you mentioned you spent some time with the uh, Waikato Women's Sevens team. Uh, does that help in the role that you're in now? I mean, I know you, you're probably not in recruitment as such, but uh, surely if you you know you have relationships there, it, it makes it easy to get players over. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. It just made it a little bit, I guess, easier to gain a, a bit of trust because you know, a new coach coming into an environment, um, I have very different ideas and. I look at the game differently than the girls have ever um, played it before. So having that uh, rapport with some of the senior players that were involved um, with that Wakata Women's Sevens program, there's already the element of trust having worked with them prior. Um, And then when you've got players of influence within a group in terms of experience and and high skill set and high performance, then it makes it a lot easier to, to kind of rally the rest of the team and then around the ideas and, and the way that we want to play. So, yeah, it's been really cool to reconnect with some of those girls and they've had, um, you know, some really good 
careers off the back of, um, you know, Renee Holmes, as an example, uh, turned up at our Wakato Sevens training and she was just a little blonde girl from Gisborne that had moved up and for an opportunity. So, and we've all seen what she's done in the game since that point in time. So, you know, to reconnect with someone like her and Ariana Baylor was another one uh, that was involved in there. And, you know, the, the black friends now and they're, and, they're, and they're good black friends as well. And they've been consistently involved in that team. Do the um do the girls do you have much crossover with the men's team? Do you do you train same facilities, train same fields and or against each other at all? Um, no, we don't I, actually at the moment. So in terms of training we're we're split separate. We're based in um, out of uh, Waikato Stadium, so we're using um, Waikato's facilities, uh, which is awesome because it gives us the ability to be uh, together as a team um, and do everything in one site. Uh, but in terms of like off the field, we have made a really big effort um, to connect the team. So uh, through the early induction, I guess what how the Chiefs do their induction process and welcoming new players with um, what they call Fatanor and, and things like that it was the first time ever uh, that the, the men and the women did it together, uh, which was a pretty powerful thing. So um, And the girls and the boys actually huckered together to welcome those new members, which again was a first... Uh, for the organisation. So, yeah, it was pretty cool to, I guess, to be there as a part of that because I'd obviously experienced that many times as a as a Chiefs player, um, but to experience it, I guess, from a coaching role was really awesome, but then it was also really cool to, to I guess, see the both groups come together, both the men's and the women's team. The Waikato Sevens women's team, uh, Waikato NPC team, now in the Manawa, uh, is there a change for you in the way you mentally have to pro- approach or prepare uh, to coach women versus men, or is it just coaching rugby? Um, yeah, it, it is just coaching rugby, but there's obviously a, a large difference in, I guess, um, the way that we learn. Boys tend to think they know it all and the girls <laughs> want to know it all. It's probably no. the easiest way to explain that. The girls are very... Um, very, very literal, and they really they love to know the why, where the boys will assume the why quite often. So we we like to just be like, oh yeah, I know it, and I'll have a crack and and sort of fail having a go, and then sort of get corrected from there. And I was the same as a player, like quite often you you think you like get a handle of it pretty quickly, and you and you, you tend to just like jump right in and have a go. Where the girls really like to understand very clearly before they get involved because they don't want to, you know, for whatever reason, they they don't want to maybe fail so much and they just want to make sure that they're doing the best that they can do. So not that the boys don't, but the boys are probably a little bit more, they assume a little bit more that they that they, they have it nailed. But yeah, with the girls, they're very literal and they do love, love to ask a lot of questions. So we create a space for that um, because we also need the intensity out of our training. So we, we structure our days so that the girls can get a lot of um, the questioning and the learning and we call it the hui, all the meetings, and then we when we're on the grass, it's all the dui. So, yeah, we just um, we structure our days well uh, to cater for that. But, yeah, it's that's probably the biggest difference between the two. Mate, with uh, just say you're in a team meeting and you've got sort of 35, 40 girls there, I'd imagine, in the squad, um, and an argument happens, how, how are you going to win that as a male coach? Just just need, oh, just I, need I, to know some new tips is all. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I've had that one a bit. Um, it's all about how you you kind of set the environment up. So for us, we talk a lot about facts versus feelings. So we deal when we're in when we're meeting. It's all about facts. Nothing's about feelings. So and the girls have bought into that. They understand that. So it's not about oh, I felt this side did this. It's, I saw this side did that, and that how we like to try and operate and as long as the facts are there then you you know you can i wouldn't say i win the conversation but i can just <laughs> go to the facts but if um yeah if the facts aren't there and it becomes a feeling thing i just tend to back out of it yeah <laughs> uh, fair, fair, that sounds Point good taken yeah hey um Dwayne, i know you weren't involved last season but uh, i know that crystal was um how have uh, Chiefs Manawa with the extended season had to change pre-season? Uh, or have you had to change it at all? Um, well, yeah, they've actually just been given more resource to be able to spend more time together is the um, simple answer to that. So with the competition extending, the obviously the girls have been provided with um, longer contracts in terms of time. Um, so during the preseason, we've been able to run three camps. So we've had our we had a six day camp originally, like a couple of weeks ago, and then the girls are self directed for a week, um, and then we come back together for four days uh, after Waitangi Day, um, sort of through to Saturday last week. Then we had Sunday off, and then now we're in camp again for four days over in the um, based out of uh, the Mount here. So yeah, it's been a it's been a really good sort of chance to get to the team together for a long period of time and, and being in camp, especially when you're installing new new stuff and um, getting to understand and learn your teammates and and um, and coaches, it's a great environment to be able to extend that learning. So I guess the ability to be able to have more time together and have these camps is going to lead to a better product and a better game uh, come round one. Uh, I know there was quite a lot of frustration uh, both from the players and coaches last year, just having limited time leading in, that they didn't feel they started to play their best rugby till the competition was ending. So this year, starting at a, we're going to we're going to clearly start at a lot higher level than um, what we started last season, just through having more time together. Yeah, mate, it's certainly it's certainly good that we're starting to invest a, a little bit more time and effort into the women's game because it is hugely growing sport in this country, and um, I think we're starting to see some good results there. But looking across to the men's game, obviously the launch was yesterday. How do you see um, the men's team, uh, the Chiefs, getting getting away this year? How do you, how do you think their season's going to go? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting, I guess, one at the moment, eh? Because there's a lot of a lot of those senior boys have have sort of moved on with Sam not being there and Brody and you know some sort of yeah, Brad Webber's like there's some guys there that have been really key leaders within that group um, for a very long period of time too. It's not like they've been you know kind of leaders for the last two, three, four, five years. It's you know ten years plus that they've been involved in leading that team and and performing to a really high level and upholding standards. Um, just from what I've seen, a lot of them still exists in the team in terms of like they've left a real legacy in terms of the way that they train and the way that they prepare the team and the understanding of you know I guess that other level of players and still having Anton and Damien there um, obviously is gonna gonna help in terms of that carrying that on uh, in terms of those kind of levels and standards that the team kind of expects to operate under um, 
yeah, they clearly have a good coaching group and, and there's a lot of trust and faith in that coaching group from the from the playing group. So, yeah, I think you'll we'll see a we'll see a bit of a change. Um, I think they'll still perform really well, uh, but I think we're going to a few sort of names are going to start to appear a bit more, especially in around that leadership role. And I'm pretty excited for Luke Jacobson being named captain. Um, I think he's a great leader. I was involved with Luke. Uh, he was actually my vice captain when I was captain at um, Waikato. Um, when he kind of first came onto the scene, he was only 20, 21 years old, but you could see it then that he had great leadership qualities. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited um, to, to see them play again. Obviously, they had a great season last year. Um, but, yeah, it'll be, it will be a bit of a change for them um, not having some of those key leaders involved. We got a text through on double eight double three from a bloke called Brett in Huntley, um, who has uh, said, "Sweens, how's the game fishing season going? How many stick faces tagged up so far? Steve, get him to take you out on mini chiefy. Sweens slays it up the mana." Mate, that was my next question. I was sick of this rugby talk. I wanted to talk fishing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I've had a pretty, a pretty um, good kind of or oh, good start to the season. I managed to tag three while I was away camping up north. Um, tag three marlin fishing off uh, Hokianga and actually took Matt Watson out, which was um, which was pretty cool uh, to have. I guess you know my kind of hero, uh, especially with the um, you know I've, I don't know how many times I've watched his how tos and how to tie knots, etc. So it was pretty cool to take him out for a day and put him on a marlin. Um, and then I managed to we got a day off last week during camp, so I snuck out and tagged another two last Friday out off Raglan. So it's good to see that the the fish had turned up in pretty good numbers down off the west coast, down home. So, yeah, next next sort of day off, and when the weather's good, I'll be going out again. No, mate, I'm trying to get a day out in the west as well. Um, um, I had a I had a trip down to Hicks Bay last week, um, and we got out off there, but the wind got up. Unfortunately, we only had a couple of hours in, but. Yeah, the, the fish have turned up on the West Coast, which is great news. I'm looking forward to getting out there, hopefully myself. And uh, the, there's a West Coaster tournament on um, at a little hui in a, in a couple of weeks. So I've got my name down for that one. Should be oh, cool. should be a bit of fun. Yeah, nice. Nice. Good stuff, Sweets. Hey, listen, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Good luck uh, with the mana with this season. No doubt we'll talk to you again soon. And, uh, yeah, uh, tight lines, eh? Yeah, leave a few in the water for us, eh? <laughs> nah, cool. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Dwayne Sweetie there with us out of the Chiefs. It is 7.21 here on SENZ. Uh, your breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and land pride attachments. And it is 7.26. You can get hold of us anytime on 0800 150 or double eight double three. That is the temper bed post text machine. It is tradies hour with night and day. Warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee. Starting at $4.50 at your local night and day. And uh, we are looking uh, for your bets as well because we're going to put, uh, we've got a $50 bonus bet from the TAB. We're going to choose two, one each, put them together. If they come through, you guys split the money. And this one, it's got you written all over it. Uh, Steve, it's Divine Destiny is what Richard's calling it. Race six at Ellerslie, just as sharp for a place, $3. Great money, huge run for third to orchestral. Uh, the other night, uh, extra distance shouldn't be a problem. Divine Destiny, I like it. Yeah? yeah. I like it, mate. Divine Destiny, I think that's uh, that's quite good. Well, Cuzzy's Kohar today, Steve, just as sharp at Ellerslie. That's the second one. That one's from Ed. So there you go, two people giving us the same tip. Um, well... 
Might have to look at that well, one. It's going to go better than yesterday's tips, right? <laughs> Jeepers. What a debacle that was. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. Now, a couple of people have actually texted through um, with tips to, to back the Crusaders to beat the Highlanders uh, this weekend. And I looked, uh, well, that's actually tomorrow night, uh, till tomorrow afternoon. I looked at the uh, team that the Crusaders put out, and boy, there's a whole lot of names in here I don't know, so I'm not sure about this. Here's the team. Tamaiti Williams, Brody McAllister, Fletcher Newell is the front row, so that's pretty good. Antonio Shelfon, Taylor Cahill of the Locks. That Cahill can play. He's he's a young kid, uh, I think maybe two years ago under Schoolboys Tournament. Yep. Absolute standout. George Reeves at six, Fletcher Anderson at seven, Torian Barnes at eight. Louis Chapman at nine, Dan Hawkins at ten, Hedemeyer Murray and Sevu Reese on the wings, John A. Rover and Toby Bell in the midfield, and Tane Robinson at fullback. Um, <clears throat> I feel quite possibly a lot of the Crusaders have travelled back from Europe mm-hmm. this week. Yep. Um, so it might be rest up time. So uh, what are the Highlanders paying? Well, that's a great question because. It's- I think I think back in the Highlanders looks like it looks like they go there. Uh, I did um, we did talk to uh, Billy Harmon yesterday at the season launch of Super Rugby Pacific. He is the Highlanders captain, and um, this is what uh, Billy Harmon had to say about how the season's shaping up. Billy Harmon with us, the uh, captain of the Highlanders, and mate, they must feel pretty good after that big win over the Canes on the weekend. A bit of belief in the squad. Yeah, um, you know. It was awesome, actually. Uh, I think we probably weren't expecting uh, that score, but you know we won't really hold too tight onto that. But uh, what we will um, sort of hold on to is, you know, we come up with a really clear plan of how we wanted to play, and you know, all the boys put their hand up and you know nailed their role, and um, you know, I think that's that's what's awesome about this year so far is that uh, we have a really clear plan, really simple. But uh, it's just about boys just doing their job, and that's what they've been doing. I know Clark's the head coach, but you've got Jamie around the scene as well. He's got a lot of experience. Has he been involved very much on the on the on the grass? Yeah, him and uh, Dermo, they've done an awesome job of sort of setting up our year, setting up our environment. Um, and you know, a lot of that's just based around you know working hard. You know, we've got a lot of young guys in, um, and they're just keen. They're keen to work hard. They're keen to be at their best. And, you know, whatever they can do for the jersey. So it's been an awesome energy to be around. Now, uh, Reese Patchell, the man you call SPF 100, I'd be pretty happy that he gets to play under a roof. <laughs> yeah, old Patch, he's been, uh, been lathered up in the uh, sunscreen since he's been here. Um, but he's been awesome. You know, the boys get around him. You know, he's, he's got so much knowledge of the game. Like, he just genuinely loves chatting about the game and uh, obviously brings a, a different experience, played uh, different styles of rugby than than we were ever seen in New Zealand, so uh, handy to have on. Yeah, 100%, mate, and you, a big challenge this weekend, of course. I know it's pre-season, but when it's the Crusaders, you always want to get that win, don't you? Uh, yeah, the boys won't be holding back anything, that's for sure. Um, you know, and Methin, of all places, how good. Um, exciting to take those sort of games out, um, out into the community, so... Um, yeah, we'll be excited by that challenge and hopefully set ourselves up for the year. Indeed, mate. Well, hey, listen, best of luck. Hope it goes well. I uh, hope you knock over that red and black this weekend and good luck for the season, eh? Awesome. Thanks, mate. There you go, Billy Harmon, captain of the Highlanders. Uh, he sounds pretty fizzed up for Friday night or Friday afternoon. The Highlanders have a pretty good record in recent years against the, the Crusaders as well. Mm. Not having won all of them, but they really put on a performance. They turn up, they, they like playing the bigger brother. 
So, yeah. Interesting too, because he said that uh, Jamie Joseph is obviously there as director of, of football or operations and things. I said he spent much time out on the grass with you. He's like, yep. Oh, good. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how uh, how that goes. At the moment, there is no market for that game, but we'll ask Paulie Mawadi when he comes on in about an hour's time about a market for that game and see if we can get on it, eh? Yeah, I, 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 I think um, with everything, that's everything. And Crusaders travelling back from Europe after a couple of bigger games up there. Um, a younger team on the field, oh, yeah, why? I, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, there we go. Let's see if we can get on that. Uh, in the meantime, here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Get the Kenoth feeling with Kennard's hire. Real Madrid's Brahim Diaz scored a stunning goal after a mazy run as they won 1-0 at RB Leipzig to take clear advantage into their Champions League last 16 second leg next month. The 24-year-old has been filling in for the injured Jude Bellingham struck against the run of play in the 48th minute. In yesterday's other Champions League game, Manchester City beat FC Copenhagen 3-1. Kevin De Bruyne turning in a man-of-the-match performance with the champions. He scored the opener and then set up the next two goals as they negotiated a tricky away leg in a venue where rivals Manchester United lost 4-3 in the group stages. Uh, today, German champions Bayern travel to Rome to face Lazio and Paris Saint-Germain are at home to Real Sociedad of Spain. Manu Tuolagi is one of three players returning from injury to boost England ahead of their Six Nations game against Scotland as head coach Steve Borthwick named his squad of 36 players. Tuolagi has been out with a groin injury since December and wasn't named in England's initial Six Nations squad, but the centre now returns alongside hooker Luke Cowan-Dickey and lock George Martin. Cowan-Dickey withdrew from the squad through injury at the start of the championship and all three were absent for England's opening two wins over Italy and Wales. Those games, not this weekend, but next weekend. And world champion kayaker Dame Lisa Carrington has won the 2023 Supreme Halberg Award for a record equaling third time. It's a crowning moment in her career. The five-time Olympic gold medalist has won the Supreme Award uh, award in 2016 and 2021 and joins rower Rob Waddell and shot putter Valerie Adams as the only triple winners in the individual category. So there you go. Uh, those are your sports news headlines from big jobs to even bigger jobs. Get the Kenoth feeling with Kennard's hire. It is 24 away from 8 o'clock. When we come back, Frank Endicott joins us to talk Warriors. Joining us, former Kiwis coach and uh, Canterbury Rugby League stalwart Frank Endicott. Uh, morning, Frank. How's how's the knee feeling, mate? How's the rehab going? Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, going well, actually. Um, it's been about nine weeks since I had the knee replacement. And, um, yeah, going for long walks. Or well, walks, anyway. <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's coming on good. Re- very happy with it. That's good, yeah. mate. That's good. Uh, what no doubt you will be there on Sunday at Apollo Project Stadium for this uh, uh, Warriors trial against the the Tigers. What do you make of the Warriors team they've named? It's uh, it's a pretty strong one now for for uh, first trial of the season, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's a typical trial team where they're giving a, a number of young players a chance. You know, the opportunity to to, to stake a claim for games uh, during the year. So, it, and that's good to see. And I see the Tigers have done the same, but. Um, Looking at the team, there's not too, there's not a lot of first graders in there. I'd say about five, maybe five or six. But um, they're still talented young players that, are, that deserve that opportunity. Who, who are the ones to watch? Well, obviously, we uh, we, we can't wait to see Roger Tuivasa uh, Sheik at centre. Um, Channel Harris-Devita coming back. Uh, you know, it'll be good to see how those two come back. 
And I understand Luke Metcalf's been um, in the USA getting some advanced um, treatment on his hamstring. So hopefully he's come back fit and rearing to go because I thought he was very improved last year. Um, Roger at centre, let's we'll have a quick chat about that. Um, do you think that's where he is going to end up for the season? Yes, I do. I um, when he first signed, I thought uh, straight away that's where he'd end up. I think it's a logical decision. Um, you look at the fullback last year, uh, Chance Nicole Clockstar. He had he had a great year. You know, solid at the back, and uh, he was player of the match on several occasions. So you know, there's no need to move him. And we need to strengthen the centre position up anyway. So I, I think it's a very good move. Um, you know, he, he's he's just a, a real great attacking player. But I think he's got to work a wee bit on his front on defence. But uh, other than that, um, he, he's made for it. I guess uh, I guess defensively, when you've got the speed that he's got, it doesn't really matter. He's, the speed will help him get out of a, a few tough situations. Oh, that's right. You know, if someone does get past him, he can pick him up pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, he's got some wheels on him, Roger, but uh, it's just so good to see him back. I mean, you look at how good we, the Warriors went last year, and we've uh, we've got two top additions uh, to the side this year. It's got to make it stronger. So uh, I think it. I think it. Um, we can look forward to an exciting year. Looking at the halves combo of Chanel Harris, Devita, and Luke Metcalf for this game, Frank, do you think this is a little bit of a uh, I know it's called a trial, but is it a trial for these blokes is to see who gets to play with Sean in round one? 100%. 100%. Um, yeah, whoever shows up in the trial matches pre-season, uh, they'll take their... Whoever shows up the best of the two will uh, take their place along with Sean, who's an absolute sitter. So, yeah, that's what they're looking at doing. As I say, one's just come back from a year layoff and the other one's just come back from a um, some work on his hamstring in the US. So uh, they'll be wanting to see how those two get through the game. Um, a brief look at the Tigers. Um, a club sort of in turmoil has um, had their struggles for the last few seasons. Um, Benji Marshall now in charge of the ship. Um, do you think they're going to be a, a better performed team this year because of because of Benji? I think they'll be better performed and I think they'll be a happier team. I can't see them getting too many places uh, further up the ladder from where they finished last year. Um, but um, they might go up one or two places. But um, they'll, they'll trouble some teams. And um, when you look at the players in their team, they've got some, they've got some very good individual players. Uh, he's done a bit of signing. So, you know, I, I, I think they'll go up one or two places, but um, I don't think any further. If you're if you're uh, looking at this from Andrew Webster's point of view, what do you want to get out of this trial? What do you want to see? Well, I want to see how good some of these young players are. I mean, they would have been ripping the house down in pre-season training, and uh, and we all know that you know there's a first seventeen down on paper in the coach's head from from day from game one. So he's looking uh, in case of injuries, and we always get injuries. Every team gets them. That uh, who's going to put their hand up to take those places? And, and go into the the starting lineup without losing anything. So he's looking, um, he's putting these players in um, to see exactly what they can do, how they can handle the big the big time, um, and you know, looking forward to um, future years also. Is there much vibe down in Christchurch for the game? Um, plenty of vibe down here. Um, in fact, my my granddaughter rang up over two weeks ago to um, to buy a dozen tickets in the stand and they'd, so they'd sold out, they'd gone. 
So uh, they sold up to 10,000 tickets then, and that was two weeks ago. So um, I think there's tickets down each end of the, the ground, which will be open air. So you got to hope it doesn't rain or, or 35 degrees of heat. But otherwise, it's, uh, it's going to be a, a, a close to a sellout, if not a sellout. There's probably more chance of it burning down down there at this stage, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We got fires up on the hills, and you know, it's um, it's been very hot down here. We've had a good summer. That's good, mate. That's good. Now, Frank, there's been a bit of talk about expansion. The NRL uh, and Andrew Abdo's uh, pretty much made it clear he wants twenty teams uh, sooner rather than later in the NRL. And obviously, that talk then people look at New Zealand and go, "Can we have a second franchise? Where should it be based, etc." What are your thoughts on the NRL expansion, and if New Zealand should have a second team? Well, I've always thought, you know, that um, that we need one strong team. But uh, the Warriors, and and that's true, Warriors are strong. They're up there now. They're a top four team. So, I believe now maybe there is time for a, a second team in New Zealand. It would be fantastic to have one down here in Christchurch, and I do know that moves are underway, um, and, and quite serious moves, to be fair. So, uh, you know, in uh, three, four years' time, who knows, we could have a team in the uh, South Island in Christchurch. It would be terrific. You don't think a New Zealand team needs to win a competition first? Um, no, it would help. Uh, but if they play consistently in the top four, I think that's room to... Um, to expand down here and uh, give and give a lot of other players an opportunity to play in NRL. I, I don't know a lot about rugby league in the South Island. Are there are there pathways to get to team Warriors from down there? I, I... Well, they used to have strong pathways once, and and that's been what's lacking, to be honest, the pathways. And um, but you know, having a team down here would actually give the pathways to the young players and. Um, and you'd have to bring in players from overseas also, you know, from England and Australia to start it off. But, uh, you know, that's what happened at the Warriors. It is, mate. Southern Bears, is that what we're looking at? The red, white and black well, one, <laughs> isn't it, eh? <laughs> oh, I think you might know something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, there is, there is talk of, you know, possibly... Um, uh, a team from Australia and the, and the Sydney Bears, North Sydney Bears, um, doing something with Christchurch. So I know moves are underfoot and some good people involved. So uh, who knows? Who knows? Where it could lead? Yeah, who knows yep. indeed? Who knows indeed? Um, uh, Frank, on that, I no, no doubt you've you've cast your eye over the comings and goings of teams in the NRL, and you'll be you'll be as um, uh, as excited as, as as most to to get the season underway. Who do you think are going to be the big movers this season? Could it could it be the Dogs? I, I think the dogs will certainly move up uh, a, a number of placings. Actually, um, they could they could they could be a top eight contender for sure. Uh, but I think uh, I like the way um, the Roosters and Melbourne Storm have put their teams together, and I think they are the two that could challenge Penrith the most. As a Bulldog fan, you've just made my day, Frank. It's been a <laughs> it's been a long few years. It's it's hurt and it's been painful and. They are building. They've they've got a pretty good team on paper. They just the Bulldogs just need to make sure everyone stays on the field. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think they're doing it pretty sensibly. Actually, they haven't gone all out in in one year. They've done it over the last you know two or three years. They've been building up slowly, and I I just like the look of their team there. Well, their squad this year, um, you know, compared with with other years. So, yeah, I, I would I would see them as being a major mover this year.
Yeah, well, you got an Eels fan and a Bulldogs fan, mate. The oh. studio, it's like Prohibition. It's so dry. <laughs> yeah, well, the Eels, they promise so much, don't they? And um, they get to that point and they just can't go that one further. Yeah, a couple of years ago, they were in the grand final, so that's a pretty big statement. But um, they're always powerful. They're always strong. You look at the uh, the base out the west but with... Uh, the Panthers and, um, and and the Eels, you know, there's a lot of good players come from out that way. So they're always going to be strong. Yeah, we should, uh, we're probably going to end up having a fight in here pretty soon. Bulldogs and Parramatta, we just don't ever get along. It's... Oh, geez, that'll be a good one when that comes up. Yeah, yeah, mate, looking forward to it. Hey, Frank, listen, thanks very much for coming on. Always good to chat the uh, code with you and uh, enjoy the game on Sunday, mate. Thank you very much. Have a good day, guys. Yeah, you too. Frank Endicott there with us. And, yeah, it's interesting what Frank said there about – I mean, you know when Kempe was on the show last year? Yeah. He made a case for North Sydney Bears. He, he, and he said, call them Southern Bears. Get the Crusaders involved in the in the ownership model. They know how to run a professional footy team. You've got the facilities down there. They can share facilities, et cetera, et cetera. So I pulled that out there. Gave it to Frank and, hello, looks like there might be conversations happening. Yeah. yeah Kempe even called them the Southern Bears last year. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it, it's all about pathways in rugby league. Like you, you look at what Penrith have done, right? Yeah, and they're, they're they've they've got you know kids coming through the school system straight into teams, you know, and it's all about you know you have a very strong foundation and it works. So it's about having you know teams to pick from, teams to select from, and not just one team. You need multiple teams underneath you to, for selection to bring players through and. That's what works, you know. That needs to be set up prior to to, to owning a team, and that, that's going to take. So, if they're serious about it, they need to they need to set up some pathways down in the South Island and and also North Sydney Bears. Yeah, well, and I think that's the that's part of the issue because you have a lot of these rugby league scouts come from Australia and they come to our tournaments and they cherry pick, right? They, yeah. And then blokes disappear to Melbourne or, yeah. or Brisbane at sixteen or whatever it is. Well, it's before that now. I, I like I know multiple kids that have been pulled out of rugby union here uh, at the ages of you know, 12 and 13 and taken to Australia and are training with the Broncos in development teams. You know, it's just, you know, it's not 16, 17 anymore. It's 13 and 14 even and even younger. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of this needs to, whoever the new franchise and probably the Warriors as well, need, need to be working uh, with New Zealand Rugby League on this because, you know, at, at the ground level, that's that's their job, right? So there needs to be some some work to going on there, hand in hand. But uh, we'll talk more about that. Keen to hear from you too. Double eight, double three is the temper bedpost text machine. We're seven away from eight. Keep your texts rolling through on double eight double three for uh, Divine's Dividends. Uh, start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. It is Tradies Hour with night and day. And there's a, a couple more that have come through, mate. Mark uh, has texted through and said, Hey, guys, my last two tips have come in. So how about this? Flemington, race seven, Opie Bosson is riding Harry uh, Run Harry Run. It's won its last three, and it's paying two eighty to run top four. So it's obviously stepping up a grade. Yeah, I like that. I like that. He's, I hope he's never far away from a from a winner. Um, so to go to Aussie, he must be uh, he must be a chance, which is which is good. Yeah, that's what you want. That's what you want. And Jamie and Wanaka, this one might be a bit of an anchor for us. A dollar ninety for the Warriors to beat the Tigers in Christchurch. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I I I don't. I, even what Frank said, I don't see many people getting beat by the by the Tigers this year. So. 
is probably not bad money. No, and then Barry has uh, chipped in with this one. Ricardo's riches in the EPL. Liverpool and Tottenham both to win this weekend, and Newcastle, Bournemouth, and Nottingham Forest, West Ham, both teams to score, paying $5.35. Yeah, that's good money. Five yeah. bucks is good money. Five bucks is good money. We might have to look at that one. Keep them rolling through, though. Double eight, double three will announce our two winners not too far away. Here's Araha with news for Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Hey, Ricardo, I took a four-league Champions League multi. Kevin De Bruyne to score, Rail to win, both in, but need Kane to score and PSG to win. $20 on returns $500. Um, or I can cash out now for 100 We let it ride, right? Yeah, you let that ride, Kevin. Yeah, let it ride. You let that ride, Kevin. Well, at least you've got to get back to half half of what you can win, and then you think about it. Sure. Yeah. Well, from one Kurt to another Kurt, Kurt Eklund. Well, I take it that wasn't you texting through Kurt Eklund. Good morning to you. Good morning, team. How's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. How's uh, how, how's your summer been? You and uh, Bateman and Rodden have been uh, busy by the looks of things. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty good. Eh? We've um, been lucky this year. Obviously, we've got Rob from summer last year, so it's been pretty nice to be able to get out there and get amongst it. Mate, you've, you're, it's summer. Wasn't it snowing last week? Were you in Japan? Well, that too, mate. We just got back on, what was it, Monday morning and so you guys calling me up pretty early this morning because I'm still climatising, but um, nah, it's good to get on board. But yeah, Japan was something else, mate. First time in the snow, so that was pretty cool. But mate, first and ho- hopefully a last too because training and it sucked, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> mate, uh, the boys went pretty good while they were up there. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, a lot of it was about rugby and pre-season and that, but did you, did you get much of a chance to get out and about and see town? Yeah, it was pretty cool, man. We got a fair few connections, which was nice. They took us out for dinner a couple of times and got to see the um, Japanese lifestyle. Mate, crazy, eh? 37 million people crammed into a little city like that or a little space. It was um, pretty eye-opening for me anyways. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's crazy how culturally different Japan is to New Zealand, right? I mean, it's a real eye-opener for you. Yeah, seriously, man. I hate to know what the um, electricity bill is over there. <laughs> what was the sushi like, man? It looks like you're a fan of the seafood. Uh, did you get in amongst yeah. any of that? Oh, yeah, man. Heaps of sushimi in that. They do real thick cuts, what I'm not like the hugest fan of. I like them quite thin. Chuck a bit of soy sauce, wasabi. But they're like these big, meaty cuts, which is great, but not not really up my alley. But um, it was good. The sushi, um, the sushi over there is quite um, plain. Um, which is nice too. It's fresh, I suppose. Like over here, we like to chuck all our sauces and mix it all up, and they probably look at it and think, "What the hell are we up to?" But you know, now it's good. All the food over there was fresh, and I put on about three kgs. So I've been fasting since I've been back. Mate, just what you need for preseason training to put on weight. That's not normally. <laughs> yeah. That's not normally the way it rolls. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, I've been using this heat since we got home, and. Um, my missus cooking, which isn't the greatest, so it's helping me. Um, <laughs> oh, Jesus, mate. Clip, Ouch. Clip that up the day after Valentine's Day. Nicely nicely done, Kurt. Well, to be fair, to be fair, she actually sorted me out last night, which is really nice in terms of cooking, I mean. Mate, you'll be, um, lucky. You'll be lucky to get fed for the rest of the month. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if she listens to this channel, so um, I think we'll be all right. <laughs> oh, it doesn't go on the internet, mate. I'll see to that. <laughs> Throwing shade left, right, and centre. Hey, um, Gert, how's um, how, how you think? How you feeling about this season, mate? I mean, obviously, um, losing Patty for uh, eight to ten weeks is it doesn't help. But uh, you guys are pretty confident you got the squad to get it done this year. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, Patty's a big part of the team, and he's a great leader. But 
Uh, and behind them, they've got a pretty good leadership group as well. And I think um, Dolts is taking the reins while he'll be away. But, um, yeah, I think, like, we've got a pretty similar team to what we've had over the last few years. The key players are still around, so it's going to be pretty exciting to see what the boys are capable of doing, I think. Mate, you produce some pretty good footy in Japan. Um, it's probably a bit hard to get a gauge uh, against those teams, but um, you know the tries you scored and, and the way you played the game it was it was entertaining and, and and quite enjoyable. Is 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 that what you're going to try and bring to this season? Like, do what you guys do and and throw the ball around a little bit and entertain? Yeah, I think so. There's some um, pretty young, exciting boys coming through, keeping everyone on their toes. So um, you know that's always good. And Vern wants to just um, let us play what's in front of us. So, you know, for a lot of the boys, it's um, going to be pretty good. You know, I'm just going to keep my head down, hit a few rucks, and um, hopefully, you know, get some good quick, quick ball for you, um, halfbacks like yourself. Keep keep it simple, eh, mate? Put my head down yeah. and hit some rucks. That's it. Mate. How is um how is Vern? I was going to ask. Um, you know, point of difference with him this year so far? Yeah, he's cool, man. He um, you know, he you definitely know what he wants, and he's not afraid to tell you. Um. I think he's put in a lot of ownership on the boys this year and um, like making sure that we're the people driving where we want the team to go, which is cool as well. Um, yeah, you know, he's got a lot of experience and I think I was having a good chat to him over in Japan. He's pretty excited to be home and having a crack with us this year as well. So I think the boys are behind him and um, that should make for a good season. You uh, were pretty close uh, to higher honours a uh, season or two back, Kurt. Have you had a chat to, to Razor, or where, where are you at with that? Nah, haven't had a um, chat, but yeah, I felt like I played some of my best footy probably the season before last, and um, I'm pretty keen to get back on that horse again and um, put my head down a little bit this year and give it a good crack, because you know, I'm only getting older, mate, and um, you know, recovery from games are only getting harder, so... You know, I think I've got to make the most of what I've got in front of me while it's here. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting stuck in and um, yeah, just seeing how the season goes. And, mate, you've got the Chiefs this week, is that right? Yeah. Um, over North Harbour. Um, yep. How are you, how you were both over in Japan? Did you, did you cross paths over there much? or No, no, not really. Well, um, not sober anyways. I think the boys caught up <laughs> for a couple of beers out in Tokyo there. But... Um, no, I think uh, it'll be the first time um, catching up well for me with a few of those boys anyways, and it'll be good. Like you said, they'll be um, rotten. We'll be playing rotten, so it's always nice locking horns and running over that dude. Um, and, um, yeah, so, no, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to see where we're at, especially against the um, New Zealand super team this weekend. Yeah, I mean, you know, as you look at it, it's, it's, it's a changing, well, the landscape's changed a lot, right, in, in, in Super Rugby this season with the amount of players uh, that have gone overseas at the end of last season. Obviously, big coaching t- uh, t- turnover as well uh, with most of the franchises. Um, how do you reckon it's looking? Who, who are you going to have to beat to, to win this thing this season? Um, yeah, like you said, man, there's been a lot of movement, and um, I think that makes it's going to make for a more exciting competition because well hopefully you know you don't just get your couple of teams who um, went all the way through um, hard to say early doors you know you look at some of the scores of preseason and they're um, pretty surprising well for me anyways um, you know I thought there would have been a bit more bit more competitive between um, a few of the teams but um, I think yeah like I said it just makes for an exciting competition and 
hopefully it's not all one-sided and you know there'll be some um, good quality footy floating around. Mate, first game of the season in two weeks is against the uh, Drawer up in Northland. Um, they're probably the big improvers, right? And um, that's going to be a, a pretty tough, uh, tough start if, if, if it's hot and dry. Um, you've been training in the snow. They've been training in Fiji's heat. I, I, um, it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, 100%. And it's, um, we spoke, we were talking about that a few of the players and uh, you know, it's going to be a bit of a leveler because even um, yesterday was our first uh, proper training back in New Zealand. Shit, it was hot, man. Like I, I think you take for granted like being climatised. Mm-hmm. So um, that's definitely going to suit um, Jura up and Whangarei. But, you know, they're big boys and we know what they're going to throw at us. They want to um, play a big expensive rugby and things like that. So um, hopefully we get through this weekend unscathed and then we can go up there and um, get our season kicked off on, on a good start. Yeah, Vern, Vern knows them pretty well too, doesn't he? And, mate, you will that's be... Right. Um, You'll be participating in the the Blues uh, uh, Alumni Golf Day again this year. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to take that out again, mate? I'm gonna what I'm gonna attempt. I'm, I'm certainly going to attempt to uh, play my part like I did last year. I won the golf day back. last year. Oh, is that why you brought it up? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I I, I didn't back actually back remember back winning it. It was controversial. The, I didn't remember winning. It was the next <laughs> controversial. Um, well, that's what I heard. Hey, that's well, you know, I was I was a big supporter. You know, I was I was happy that you guys took it out, but other guys are scratching their heads you know well certainly crowd favorites for the day mate that's for sure and i'm trying to i'm trying to team up with my uh, with my good mate uh, brent ward again to uh to have another oh, rumble nice. in the jungle nice, nice, nice. No, yeah, i think i was cooking a barbie last year and um we, we we got you guys coming through pretty early so i think you're in a good state by then but by the time um the um prize giving came around you know there's a few hecklers going on and i think that was mainly your table yeah, sore losers is what I like to put it down to, mate. <laughs> hey, Kurt, thanks very much for coming on this morning, mate. Um, and glad to, yeah. glad to hear you're uh, in, in fine fiddle ahead of the season, mate. And best of luck against uh, the Chiefs this weekend, eh? Cool. Cheers, mate. Go Cheers. well, Kurt. Yeah, there you go. go Kurt Eklund there with us uh, talking blues. And, yeah, I've, you, you, you fancy yourself with the, with the, old, uh, the old golf stick, mate? Nah. No, I, don't, I have no idea how we won. I, I actually think someone added our score up wrong. Oh, okay. We're we're outside having beers and they're like, oh, you need to come in and you won. And I was like, oh, that's a bit a bit strange. But anyway, I got a new golf bag out of it. It was pretty good. Well, that's good, mate. You gotta you gotta love that. Take 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 the wins where you can get them. It is sixteen past eight here on SENZ uh, Breakfast with Ricardo and Steve today with Izzy away at the moment. Uh, we are going to hear from Tate McDermott shortly. I caught up with him yesterday at the. Captains uh, or the Super Rugby Pacific launch where all the captains were. So we'll uh, we'll hear from uh, Tate McDermott shortly. Keep your text rolling through too on double eight double three. Want to uh, get your best bet for the weekend? We'll choose a couple of those shortly and put a multi on. And if it comes through, uh, then we'll split the money with you. Here you're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and Land Pride attachments. Well, it's 21 past eight. You can call us any time, 0800 150 or double eight double three. Ted's texted through, so I wanted to give the Warriors a shout-out uh, for their win at the Hellbergs last night. It was the sporting moment of the year as voted for by the fans when they that, they were down 20-0 against Cronulla and came back to win it. Yeah, it was good. They, oh, what an epic season they had last year, right? It was, yeah. um, 
you know, it's all about the bandwagon with the Warriors, and gee, gee, some people got on it last year. Yeah, mate, it was, it was absolutely huge. Uh, looking forward to a huge Super Rugby Pacific season as well. I was at the launch yesterday, where all the captains were, and caught up with a cheeky little halfback called Tate McDermott. Tate McDermott from the Reds uh, with us. Uh, Tate, mate, how's things uh, looking? The Reds camp, a bit of a change at the top, obviously. Les Kiss in charge, uh, Brad Thorne's gone. Uh, much of a change in, I guess, thought, direction, culture? Uh, yeah, it has been a good, uh, big change. Um, obviously, we've uh, all of our rugby staff from last year are no longer with us, and uh, Les and his London Irish team are, are pretty much in, um, with the addition of Zane Hilton, uh, our Ford's coach. So, uh, they've, they've been fantastic, um, and, and it hasn't necessarily been a clean slate. Thorny had great foundations that he laid for us over his six years in charge, and, and Les has come in and built on top of that. So, uh, yeah, it's been positive, mate. We've had a, we've had a decent preseason. Um, we've had a lot of time on feet. You know, the Wallabies boys had three weeks pre-Christmas, which is which is very rare, particularly with a new coaching staff and a couple of new players. Um, really important for us to get that time in there and. Um, yeah, mate, all things are boding well, bode well for the uh, season opener in, uh, you know, a couple of days' time. Mate, Queensland Reds love a rugby league player coaching them, don't they? Yeah, mate, they love it. They love it. <laughs> what has Les brought, do you think, that's different to, say, what Thorny's brought? I think just the way he views the game, they're, they're different, obviously. One's a forward, one's a back. Um, so I think how Les wants to play, it's, it's very aggressive. Um yeah, you know, we didn't play a conservative style with Thorny, but it was more towards that conservative side. And, um, you know, I think the way Les wants to play with the ball movement, um, the speed of our ball um, and, and just the positive nature is really exciting for not only our supporters, um, but also just to play the game. It's, you know, it's exactly how I see the game. It's how I want to play it. And, um, you know, everyone's on the same page and buying into that. So... Uh, we've seen 30 minutes of good rugby from us uh, against the Tars in Roma on the weekend in a trial, and um, we'll be looking to build that as, as uh, you know, we get closer and closer to the to the game one. We were talking uh, this morning on on our show about how having a, an experienced ten or a, or a quality ten goes a long way to helping you win a comp. Uh, we had a few texts through suggesting that maybe James O'Connor is maybe the most experienced ten running around in the comp. Is he likely to be playing outside you? I know he plays a few positions. Uh, yes. I... I came back uh, from France, and James was a centre last year. He's now a ten, so uh, it's uh, it's hard to keep track. But he's um, he's a great player, James, and uh, you know I played a lot of footy with him. Uh, I know how he plays, and you know, I enjoy playing with him. So he's definitely got the experience, but he's also got some young guys nipping at his heels. Um, you know, Harry McLaughlin Phillips, who suited up at ten on the weekend, had a solid game, controlled the team well. Um, you've also got Tom Liner there and Lawson Crichton, so there's definitely options for us. Um, but yeah, it's anyone's game at the moment. Mate, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. What about for you personally on an international level? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of quality nines around in the Aussie comp at the moment. Have you had a chance to talk to Joe Schmidt because there's like 13, 14 tests before the Lions in 2025? Uh, all five of us, uh, the captains this morning, met with Joe for the first time, so it was... Um, Apart from that, I haven't had anything to do with it, so it was great to meet him. Um, you know, it was a very casual chat, so... Uh, but just from that brief chat, I know we're in good hands and I'm excited to see, um, you know, what he's got in store for us. So for us, the focus is on Super Rugby. We've got to perform. Like you said, there's there's plenty of good nines getting around in the competition, um, all in good form. So uh, the competition's heating up. It's, uh, it's going to be a good battle. 
Now, you didn't have it go all your own way under Eddie. Joe coming in is obviously a clean sheet for you. Uh, but you do have, as you said, some really good nines. You've got a lot of young tens, though, right? You know, you're Tane Edmed, Bed Donaldson, uh, etc. Carter Gordon. Um, how, you, how do you think that's blending, you know, an experienced nine with some young tens? Yeah, it's... Um it's obviously a crucial cog in the wheel, isn't it? Um, and I think, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Joe does. Uh, I think he'll pick on performance, um, so the boys will need to have a big year, whoever is looking to fill um, that jersey. Um, but, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of combinations, so, uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, mate, it's real interesting. Uh, personally, how, are you happy with your form off the back of last year going into this year? I mean, for me, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass here, but I think you're the best halfback running around in Australia. If I was in charge, I'd be picking you every game at nine to start. Uh, the Wallabies, you always give the All Blacks a hard time. You're always chipping at the ref. You're always chipping at the, everyone else, and, and you get amongst and you've got tough shoulders as well. Uh, how, are you, how are you feeling about your game? Yeah, oh, mate, I, I just want to, again, take it up another couple of notches. So, um, you know, I'll continue to develop. And, and particularly under this new coaching structure, the Reds, I'm, I'm in a place where I can develop now. And, um, you know, particularly the way I want to play, that attacking nature, that aggressive nature, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's perfectly. So for me, I'm, I'm, I've had this uh, extended period of time post the World Cup to, to kind of be a little bit more selfish and focus on my own game. And, um, you know, I'll be looking forward to when the season starts and showcase, uh, you know, the work I put in. So, uh, yeah, it's a good one. Well, mate, best of luck. Thanks for the chat and I uh, hope it goes well for you in Super Rugby. Uh, thank you very much, mate. There you go, Tate McDermott. What do you, you make of that chat? Uh, typical nine. Uh, intelligent. Good looking. <laughs> you know, got all the, all the right... Yeah, he's got all the right moves. No, no he's good. He's, um, geez, that Aussie twangs. Certainly there when he talks, mm. but uh, no, he's he's a he's a sharp operator, and um, you know the Reds the Reds uh, have got a, a reasonable team. I just I just feel that maybe maybe a little bit underdone in the Fords a little bit. It's you know has a nine your your game's all around about uh, how well your Fords go forward. If it, if the Fords are going forward, it's it's a pretty good day at the office normally. So you know it's just whether he can. He's a great runner of the football if mm. they can get front football for him. Yeah, I mean, and on that, I mean, the other uh, halfback, Aussie halfback that I didn't mention is uh, Lonigan out of uh, out of the Brumbies. Um, they do have some very good halfbacks over there. Yeah, you know, he's come through all the age grades uh, ranks, has Lonigan and and again, but he's behind a pack that generally goes forward, you know, more so than the other Aussie teams. So it, it, it does, it does, you know, as a nine, it does weigh into the battle of the conversation. Of, you know, if, if you're going forward, it's an easier day at the office. So... Um, Lonigan is probably going to have more of those days than um, than McDermott will. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. We've got a text through here from Paul saying, "Guys, Super Rugby are just rolling a turd in glitter." Fact is, people are over trying to figure out rugby and its constant rule changes. Well, we've had a rule change. Yes, we have. <laughs> We're uh, no now. Once you're offside, you're offside. If someone kicks it, you have to be only put on by a person on your on your team. So. Mm. It's gonna um, hopefully detract a little bit for away from aerial ping pong and um, a bit more running rugby. Yeah, Paul's also said New Zealand's biggest city is now Warriors and League Town, and uh, that is spreading across the Motu up the Waz. So uh, I know I know which uh, wagon Paul has hitched himself to. Yeah, he's tied he's tied down on that one, right? <laughs> he does. He has double eight double three is the temper bedpost text machine. Uh, we have a fifty dollars TAB bonus bet to give away. 
well, not give away. We're going to put two. We're going to pick a bet each and chuck it on, and then if it comes through, we'll split it with you. Uh, that's how it works. So you've got a little bit of time now to get it in. Uh, we've got Paul Mawadi not too far away right now, though. Here is Araha with the latest in news. Thanks to Kubota, take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. Check out the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely. R18. Now uh, we uh, go to. Paul Mawadi uh, now, who is uh, actually at the airport, uh, obviously uh, on a flight to go on another one of your courses, are you, Paul? Yeah, very good, uh, Ricardo. I'm actually in the aisle of an Air New Zealand flight right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mate, well, well let's, yeah. let's, let's, let's take into it then straight away. Uh, the Test match, uh, didn't see that coming yesterday with the uh, uh, with the Black Caps uh, collapse. Uh, any punders get paid? And, and what's the market looking like? Yeah, well, it's uh, at a very interesting stage, isn't it, Ricardo, with uh, the South Africans now, with a first inning lead. Um, they're into $2.80 head-to-head. Black Caps are at $1.41. The draw's out to $52. Very unlikely we'll see a draw happening here unless there's a whole lot of rain on the way. Um, but hundreds have jumped on the South Africans. I think they're around 7 or $8 prior to the first ball being bowled. Um, so a number of punters hoping that South Africans can pick up a few runs in their f- third innings and you, uh, give the Black Caps a wee bit of a chase. Are you, are you going the cookie time cookie or are you going the nuts? <laughs> Very good, Ricardo. Uh, uh, I might just stay away from that, but maybe the uh, corn chips. Um, Paul, we got any mail for the uh, Crusaders-Highlanders trial match? We uh, We think we might have a winner in that one. Yeah, I think the bookies are looking. I'm not sure if they're going to be put the market out on the preseason uh, games, but I'll have a word with them. And uh, if they if they can sharpen their pencils, I'm sure they'll have a market out for you guys to absolutely rot us. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there there is a, a few preseason games on in the other code. The NRL, obviously, the Warriors take on the Tigers Sunday in Christchurch, and also the Indigenous All Stars against the Maori All Stars. How's that looking? Yeah, there's been a, a wee bit of money coming away of the Mouldy All Stars. They're two dollars and twenty. Slight outsiders against the Indigenous All Stars are a dollar sixty-one in the head-to-head market. Um, if you have a look at that first try scorer market, I can tell you the most popular player uh, on the Indigenous All Stars uh, side. No surprises really. Josh Adokar at eight dollars, uh, with Tabuai Fidel also uh, taking a wee bit of action at eleven dollars. The most favoured player. Uh, on the Māori side, it looks like it's um, Matt Tomoko at $15. He's seen a bit of action, mm. as has Britain Nakora at 21s. Beautiful. Good stuff, mate. Um, uh, now, uh, the, uh, the the draw, uh, the, the I was going to say the punt of the day has come from Robbie, who suggested two ducks in the South African second innings is paying five a fiver. That's that's not a bad, bad look, is it? I oh, yeah. Funny you should mention that because that's one of the uh, power plays that the punters have latched onto uh, two ducks uh, for the South Africans in that um, in their uh, next innings. Um, and there was another one. I think it was Ravindra to take two wickets and to hit a six at around seven or eight dollars. That's also seen a, a bit of cash flow its way. But yeah, I don't want to look at that. Uh, a couple of ducks in the um, South African second innings. All right, Paul. currently five dollars. Yeah, good stuff, mate. We'll, we'll let you get buckled in so you can watch Izzy's Men in Black uh, safety video. And uh, safe flight, mate. We'll talk to you again uh, Monday, eh? Cheers, boys. Have a good weekend.
Yeah, you too. Check out all the odds, promos and boosted odds on the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz. Bet safely, R18. All right, it is time. It is time. $50 TAB bonus bet. You choose one, I choose one from the texts that have come through. What have you got? I like the Flemington. Um, the Flemington race seven. Um, I did have a quick... You got it over there, Ricardo. Race I do. seven, the... Uh, yeah, Run Obi. Harry Run, isn't it? Run Harry One, that's the one. Uh, race uh, race seven, number three uh, in Flemington on Saturday. Run Harry One uh, for a top four finish... Paying um, $2.40 at this stage. Nice. I like it, mate. I like it. There's been a few come through, um, and I've actually jumped on this one that Simon sent through, and, and this uh, results today, so we should know how we're looking. If this comes through, honestly, Simon, you're a genius, but I do like it. Champions League. Bayern to win and both teams to score, and PSG to win and both teams to score. Put those two together, it's paying twelve seventy five. Yeah, that's um, that's some good cash for a multi. I like that. Yeah, I like it too. We put two forty on that with Run Harry Run at Flemington Race Seven on Saturday to run top four at two bucks forty. Um, according to me, uh, that is returning quite a lot. Um, I, uh, Robbie, I don't know what is it thirty two something like that. Uh, yes, let me let me yeah let me let me double check that. So run Harry run Harry run top four top, top four, four two forty, yep. Bayern head to head and both teams score three fifty. Yeah, PSG head to head both teams score four dollars. Yep, thirty three sixty thirty three sixty. So fifty dollars on returns. Oh, I just see the TAB have named it Divine's Donation, so that's nice of them. Um, <laughs> Gee, that's harsh. Yeah. Uh, Although not far off the truth. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, 1630 was well, a $50 bonus bet. There you go, Simon and uh, Mark. If that comes in, you guys will split that 500 and change each. So uh, good luck to you. Hopefully that will come through. Now, uh, we... Otherwise it's another donation, right? <laughs> it's another. I just really hope it comes through while Izzy's away. We win one with Izzy not here because that would just be poetic. Is, uh, it a, is it a donation if it's a bonus bet, you know? Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point, actually. It's a really good point. Is it? Is it? No, it's probably not. <laughs> Daniel Narclay is going to join us for Love Racing up next. Loveracing.nz, your home of thoroughbred racing. And joining us now is the owner uh, and uh, and breeder of uh, Crescetti, uh, who's obviously been making headlines uh, for the last few months, uh, Daniel uh, Nakel. Good morning, Daniel. How are you doing? Morning, Ricardo. Morning, Steve. How are you guys? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Good. And uh, obviously the big news is that you were talking about taking Crescetti over to Melbourne, but you've decided to give it a spell. Yeah, he's look. He's he's really tried his uh, best for us all season long, um, and uh, yeah, he's been very good to us. So um, you know, well, it's, it's a two way street. You've got to be good back to the horse as well. He, he tries his heart out, and uh, we just didn't want to send him um, send him over, uh, flatten him, and then and he'd be picking up the pieces afterwards. He he deserves better than that. So he's already in a in a lovely paddock here at Bailey Park and um, enjoying uh, enjoying the the sunshine and the, and the good grazing. And they will be back uh, hopefully uh, bigger and better next season. Um, so you guys have bred the horse. What what what's what's the big thing you look for when before the breeding? Like, do you, do you match up? A mare and a sir. Do you think like what? What are the big things you look for? I'm, I I have a horse and I and I want to know oh, yeah. what like what are the big features that that stand out? Well, look, even a broken clock gives you the right time twice a day. There's a, there's an awful lot of luck involved in this one. It's it's a bit of a genetic lottery, um, but. 
I suppose uh, on paper is, is the easiest place to start. Just the, the the cross and what works with what what sire line and what dam side and um, and physically you've you've got to be uh, popping out there, just having a look, just making sure that the the mare and the sire um, yeah, are compatible. You don't want to send a, a small mare to a small uh, small stallion. You, you know what you're going to get at that point. So um, and uh, in this instance, yeah, the uh, Zakinto work really well with uh, O'Reilly mares who. who uh, Riley's the, the the father or the sire of um, of uh, Grace Hill, and um, that uh, that sort of was the starting point. Um, and physically, yeah, just seemed to seemed to work out really well. We popped down, had a look at the stallion as well, and um, yeah, that's how it, uh, that's how it started. Have you got have you got anything else that Steve can buy, Sharon? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we'll see if we can find you a fast one. Yeah, mate, like I just that. want fast now, ones. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. I tell you, we haven't trialled her yet. I've got um, Amulet, that's for the for the listeners out there. Uh, Amulet uh, has just been named, so she'll be trialling towards the end of this month and hopefully progressing uh, from there to the races. She's shown us a little bit of ability along the way, so hopefully uh, hopefully a bit of a, a Easter bonus before uh, for the listeners out there uh, if she can get to the races well enough. Now, Crescetti, we talked about is, is being spelled at the moment, having a bit of time in the paddock. What is the plan when you bring him back? Well, he'll have a good three months. Um, you know, it, it takes a bit out of him, the racing side of thing. He loves to run, but, uh, you know, you've got to look after them. So he'll have a good three months. Uh, we sat down with Danny and Aaron, who are the trainers. And, um, and they, they, yeah, at this stage, uh, we haven't really got a set plan in mind, uh, but there's some good four-year-old racing over in Australia um, for his age group, which uh, which could be really enticing. Um, you know, I'd dearly love to fly the flag for New Zealand over there um, uh, and see if we can make the country proud. Um, Ricardo, you're been in the paddock for a bit longer than than three months, mate. <laughs> and I don't like to run. <laughs> are there any are there any good races for Ricardo that are paying any good money over there? Um, oh Jesus! Whatever race season I want to be in, to be fair as well, I think it'd be the battle of the slowest horse at this point in time. So. You're, gonna, you're gonna need a little jockey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, um, uh, mate, do you, do you have do you have races that you plan for uh, over there or at this stage already, or you just um, get him out of the paddock, do some trials, and then see what fits? That, that's probably the, where we where we land. There's a couple of things you've got in mind. There's, there's some uh, yeah, as I say, a 1500 meter race over in Sydney uh, in the spring that you know possibly he could be aiming for. But uh, I think it's it's a bit of a step by step basis. We uh, he's still got a bit of development to do, guys. So he'll um, you know we'll just see how he comes back and uh, you know ensure he's all happy and, and uh, get him up and, and fit. Um, and then he'll tell us pretty much where he wants to go. Uh, from a um, from a you know race perspective, the distance wise and, and fitness wise. Yeah, you're more than just an, a breeder and an owner, uh, Daniel. Because uh, you guys, uh, I think it's you and your dad set up the New Zealand Equine Academy as well, which helps uh, students with NZQA endorsed courses get a pathway into the industry. Uh, how is that developing, and and are you seeing a benefit not just to the industry but also uh, to yourself? Well, it mainly it started off from an industry perspective. Uh, just myself and, and Donovan Mansour, who uh, was a was a former jockey here in New Zealand, and um, we just didn't didn't see any pathways. And if you weren't already involved in racing, or your family wasn't involved, uh, there was no real 
a direct pathway in. So uh, we've started off with eight students in year one. Uh, we're up to three courses of 12 now with a waiting list uh, for year two. Uh, so it's uh, it's really going well. They're being, our students, we're really proud of them. They're being placed in some really, really good stables. Um, and same with our apprentices. We've got the, uh, the uh, Apprentice Academy uh, up and running now. Um, and um, yeah, that, that's really uh, that's really starting to take shape. Um, and uh, you know, you know uh, students are really getting some really good wins on the board. Um, the cracker sales were a couple of weeks ago. Now, how did things end up from there? Were everyone everyone up on last year? Those sorts of figures, they're they're all through. It was a good sale. Um, I think New Zealand Bloodstock did a really good job bringing the buying bench over. Um, New Zealand's in a, in a good space. Um, I think there's a bit more to come as well. Um, and a lot of that's thanks to Entain, or a huge amount of it's uh, due to Entain's involvement. And um, they've given uh, this industry a real shot in the arm that's uh, been been pending for about three decades now. But uh, no, the book one in particular sold really, really well. Um, a lot of horses, uh, you know, sought after by uh, by the internationals, in particular Australia, um, and their book two, probably a little bit more subdued. It's a bit more reliant on the domestic market. Um, as much as stakes have really gone up, and as, uh, as much as there's a good feeling out there in racing, and it probably just hasn't translated into the pocket uh, quite as yet. But uh, the feedback we're uh, we're hearing anecdotally is. Um, you know, the trainers and the syndicators that have purchased horses from the sale um, are pretty much getting close to selling out. So, uh, in record time, which is uh, which is really in- encouraging. Um, yeah, well, obviously New Zealand is such a pedigree here already with the bloodlines, and you know the horses continually go to you know around the world, particularly Aussie, and, and perform on, on the on the bigger stage. Um, what's that down to? Like, is it is it is it our grass growing ability or is it just a bloodline that's been here and and then we just keep producing from it I, I think it's probably a bit of the climate a bit of the environment with uh, you look anywhere and um you know this year's no exception there's grass everywhere um you pop over for example to places over in australia you don't have that luxury to be fair um we've got the big wide open spaces uh and, and i think we've got good horsemen uh, horse men and women out here in New Zealand as well. The, the one thing we grow better than horses is our horse people. So, um, you know, I think that's a big part of it as well. But uh, we we do tend to to really look after them and probably give them a bit more time uh, than than, for example, uh, Australia, which uh, which probably just you know they're, they're uh, heavily focused on the on the early racing, the two year old racing, uh, whereas New Zealand. We've probably got the the, the patience uh, of the owners and the trainers, and, and uh, we just give our horses a little bit more time, and and that stands by them, uh, and, that, and that's a bit of what we're doing with um, with Crescetti at the moment as well. Just let's not push them too far too early, and and uh, that'll stand by us later on in life. Now you mentioned earlier there's a bit of luck in the game, but um, you obviously put a lot of work in, and there's a lot of skill in matching up the bloodlines, etc. So what were you looking at when you were trying to find a, a stallion for Grace Hill? Uh, basically that genetic match in the first instance and uh, I, I sit there and compare notes with uh, Russell Warwick who's been um, hugely uh, influential and, and very encouraging. He, uh, he runs Westbury Stud um, and he gave it the tick. Uh, so really the, the cross um, with O'Reilly Mears to Zakinto, he, he probably isn't the most commercial sire in the world, Zakinto. Um, but with O'Reilly Mears, he, he seems to take it to another level, and uh, that was the the start point. Um, 
just a, you know you've got a proven a proven cross basically um that's yeah but it's so far so good as i say you could probably try that cross again three times and it wouldn't work but uh, um yeah as i say even a broken clock gives you the right time twice a day and um, i'm glad the clock stopped at the right <laughs> at the right mark with crochetti um i was fortunate enough many moons ago to go to cambridge stud and um uh, we were there right on the right time and we watched Sabeel, um uh, service a mayor was it was one of the one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. I just I, you know, the amount of work that goes into it with the vets and and the ultrasounds and all that stuff to get ready. It's 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 really like it's it's just it blew my mind how how you know how well the the animals were looked after and just how professional and everything it was. It was it was quite incredible. Yeah, it, it really is. It's a real science, and, and the care and attention, the love these horses get is just exceptional. Uh, you know, Cambridge Stud uh, is a prime example, but you'd go to, to pretty much any of the studs uh, around the place, and you'd see that same uh, attention to detail uh, every step of the way. We've we've got a short season um, that we we breed our horses in, basically from the first of September to pretty much early mm-hmm. early December. So. You, you've got to get it right, yeah. um, and and you go to any training centre, guys, as well. Uh, you'll pop out to Bailey Park, and uh, you'll just see, you know, the, the the care and the love for the horse all the way through. They they look immaculate every single morning, and you know, every slight misstep is is checked out, and and uh, no stone left un uh, uh, unturned, basically, to make sure that uh, you, you know the horses are uh, uh, well cared for. Uh, well, Daniel, I appreciate your time this morning, mate. Go well, and uh, good luck with whatever's next uh, on on the breeding stakes. Uh, LoveRacing.nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles, and more. It's coming up to 9 o'clock. That means it is time for Louis Herman Watt. And Louis, uh, you got a, a big a big show again today, mate, that, that full one hour doing the hard yards? <laughs> yeah, I just, I just have noticed, Ricardo, that as the week's gone on, that the salt levels have just started to eat up day by day in, in your handover to me. Uh, but I will, I'll, look, I'll get us through to 10. You don't have to worry about that, mate. I, um, we're going to catch up with Nick O'Hearn because we couldn't quite reach him the other morning, but there's another Webex event uh, today that uh, Kazuma Kabori is going to start in, in Sydney. Could he go four on the trot heading into the New Zealand Open? Entirely possible. Paying eight fifty. Eight fifty. Is he? Yeah. Wow. I'll find out if it's a good bet, shall I? Yeah, do that, mate. I'll be listening.